Today's quote of the episode, women like you don't happen often. Never forget how rare you are. Welcome to the Remarkable Canadian Women's Investor Talks, where it is our mission to showcase incredible Canadian women real estate investors. I'm your host, Zarbuf Mayo, and as always, joined by my co-host, Catherine Bedreau. Hello, everyone. If you're struggling with something in your real estate business, make sure you send us a message. Let us know what it is so we can bring on an expert on one of the future videos and help you learn and grow together. And if you'd like to connect with us, you can do so at info at rwbpodcast.com or connect with us on our social media platforms, which will all be linked below. Our guests today are Andrea and Kemba Williams. Andrea and Kemba are real estate investors with 25 years plus in the industry. Their company, Keen, provides a range of services, including high quality tenant placement services, education, and coaching programs as well as consultation to clients wanting to optimize their property for profits. They are family, sister-in-laws, they are mothers of three children each, and they are passionate about real estate investing for their family and want to teach other families how to build wealth through real estate. Welcome to the show, Andrea and Kemba. We are so excited to have you with us today. And we are so excited to be here, thank you. Awesome. We're so excited to have you guys here. So since we have two guests today, I would love to kind of nitpick both of your brains a little bit. So as successful real estate investors, Andrea and Kimba, how did you get to where you are today or who would help you along the way, starting with Andrea? So for, I would say how we got, I got here is uh, mostly through um, talking to and connecting with others like family and friends, but mostly experts in the field themselves. So like my mortgage broker, my realtor, they were great support in getting the knowledge and information I needed because it was, it was never easy to get my first, but definitely um, it was a lot easier to get the next one. And of course, my business partner, Kemba, and I have, you know, come together as family to um, build and sort of magnify, you know, what I started uh, many years before her. Mm -hmm. And I see you guys are literally family, sister-in-law, which is beautiful. So Kemba, tell us about yourself as well. Uh, so for me, I would say that um, in addition to, you know, exactly what Andrea said, um, I think the support of family and connecting with people that I could partner with, even before I met Andrea, you know, I bought with family, I bought a triplex, you know, I, I like we shared the expenses. It's, it's sometimes not easy to start out, you know, from scratch on your own, Um but having a network of people who will be like-minded and who work with you, that was, that was how I started. Um, that was quite a few years ago, but um, <laughs> I would say, you know, I'm getting up there in years, but <laughs> it's, it's good to wherever you are, you know, just do what you can and work with the people who, who, who will help you and work with you. So that was, that was for me, um, how I started. I guess what influenced the two of you to, get into real estate investing? What was kind of an influence that made you say, I'm going to buy my first property, your first investment property? 
So Catherine, I was 17 when I really wanted to buy my first and I was like probably way too experienced and I was still in high school. So I had to put it off for a little bit because I kept seeing this house for sale on the street and I was like, it's on the market for so long. I was like, why can't I buy it? And I didn't figure out how to do it then. I figured out more at the end of university. I was 22 and I bought my first then. So what made me wanted to do it was just that I saw the success um, that others had had in real estate. And because I feel like I came from nothing, um, I, I'm an immigrant from Jamaica. My family didn't own or have anything. I just always had that burning desire. One, I was going to get school under my belt and get, you know, um, post-secondary education, which wasn't common in my family. And then two, I was going to build wealth somehow. And I saw real estate was that opportunity. And so really at 22, I figured out how to buy my first with, as I said, some support. And yeah, that it just made me, motivated me to push to do that. Cause I figured when I had a family, I was going to make sure that things were different for them than um, it was for me growing up. Yeah. And, and for me, I think that, um, I always thought about owning, I, you know, as a little girl, I would draw pictures of houses and that was some, you know, with coconut trees. Cause I, I, I grew up in the Caribbean as well. Um, but I think from an investment perspective, I started with a triplex because I knew I wanted something to help with my income. You know, affordability was a big issue. I, I wanted to be able to afford it. And having tenants was a clear way to be able to afford it. They would help pay the mortgage. Um, to Like, I think when I had my children is when I really thought about this has to be put on steroids. Like, I have to do, <laughs> I have to do the investing on a high, on a larger scale, Um than just what I was doing. And so, you know, Toronto is not a, a, an inexpensive city to live in. And, you know, between daycare costs and everything, I, I kept thinking, what do I do next? I have to do something. And, um, and that's when, you know, I really started accelerating it. I, I know that I wish I had more, more people around me and I had done more in my earlier years, but, you know, once I got that, that, next level of I'm going to pursue this even more. It, it um, I got educated. I think that's what I did. <laughs> so the children sort of pushed me and then I started learning more to be able to, to invest more. I do admire the fact that at 17, that's kind of when you were already starting to think about this. And I think Catherine here, Catherine, I think you were 18 years old or 19 when you got your first property. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. Awesome. See, awesome women here. You're the kind of motivators <laughs> I needed then. <laughs> so it's incredible when I hear that, Andrea. Like, and uh, even for, like, especially seeing that journey that you go through, Kimba, for instance, for yourself, when you started planning that, that path of wealth building, generation wealth building for your family. Right. And you're saying now you guys are doing it on steroids because you realize the opportunity to create wealth to real estate. So mm -hmm. tell us a little bit about. So you guys are currently located in Toronto. Is that, yes. is that where you both are currently located? So tell us how many properties do you currently own and what properties do you both typically like to invest in, starting with Andrea? So that's a good, I, I knew you were going to ask that question. I still didn't um, total it up, but you know, we have, Kimberly, is it, I guess, combined between the two of us, we have about 30 units. Yes. About 34 yeah. units. About 34 units. Mm -hmm. And um, 
you know, they are across Ontario largely, uh, but we're also out in Alberta and in uh, BC. And so, and we've got, you know, some units that are still pre-construction, so they're yet to come, but um, yeah, we've got from condos, which uh, is not, wasn't originally a big part of our portfolio or my portfolio, but has increasingly become a bigger part to um, a multi-unit in apartment building out in London. So, and we, I have been in Kemba when, once we decided to, to do it as a family, we started adding not just long-term tenancies to that mix, but also having some short-term uh, tenancies, which again, you know, sort of enabled us to get greater cash flow, uh, get Kemba to be able to retire and leave her job and do this uh, more full-time, which I've been doing for a lot longer uh, in terms of years. And yeah, I think Kemba, you can add to that because I know that our portfolio in some cases, many of it is combined. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I think, you know, one of the things is to not focus so much on, like some people do this, they focus on a specific area, but what we were focused on is finding properties that would cash flow. And, you know, Toronto is not necessarily ideal for that just because of the cost of entry. And, and so we, we decided we needed the, the, the properties to do certain things. And, and it was that the criteria that helped us to go to different areas um, to invest and, and find different products. You know, we've been told to diversify because diversification helps you not be impacted. So whereas we're not um, as impacted, say if there's a hit on condos, which the last year has not been as, as great. And, and so we, we kind of spread our risk across different types of property and different um, different areas and regions of, of the country. So that's kind of how we um, go about it a little bit. Mm -hmm. And how we expanded, right? We didn't, it was easier originally to start close to home because I had children, I had a family and I wanted to be able to, I, at the time I didn't think of property management and I wanted to be able to, you know, get um, easy access. But over time I realized I could, I could have this managed. Um, and it made more sense, like Kemba said, affordability wise, we could then expand to other regions of Ontario and the country, Canada, like Alberta and BC without having um, to be restricted by borders because of property management. We could then afford ourselves the managers that we needed because we had the cash flow and capital coming in from the property, right? So we, our minds grew and our coaches and our mentors that we met along the way helped us to do that, to think beyond, you know, the box, like what we were really, we were limiting, limiting ourselves to GTA, um, Greater Toronto Area. Yeah, it's really nice to meet other investors that get kind of diverse too, because I know both like I'm a little bit diverse. I've been only really doing the BRR strategy and uh, house flipping, but we're, I'm glad you mentioned short-term rentals because my husband and I are in the middle of just kind of getting up and running with our first uh, short-term rental. So I may have to pick your brain a little bit on that. Um, Cause that's like our, it's our first one. Yeah, it's yes. our first one, so we're new first to it. First is always really a little excited. bit more like, oh, can I? <laughs> yeah, I love I love having a diverse portfolio. I know a lot of some investors prefer to really stick with one, but I'm definitely a fan of let's do everything and anywhere. Yeah. So that being said, how because you guys are so diverse, how do you walk into 
you know, a potential investment and determine how successful the project will be? Like, how, what's your thought process there of, will this project be successful or not? I can take that one. So sure. uh, <laughs> I think, you know, it depends on what, what we're looking for in that instance, if it's for ourselves, if it's for an investor network that we're sort of looking for. Start with the goals of what you're trying to achieve. Do you have some basic ROI criteria? Does the project meet that ROI or will it meet that ROI criteria in a time frame that you're comfortable with? So that's one thing. You know, we look at the area, what is the potential for growth and sustainability of that project? So, you know, you have a mortgage for 25 years. Is that area going to be strong and healthy for a long period of time? Um, what type of tenant demographic do you have? Are you going to meet the rents that you're committed to? So we look at a lot of factors depending on what the project is. Generally, we've been doing a lot of buy and hold. Um, we are looking more closely at the Burr strategy, but you know, finding a project sometimes is, is difficult. Um, Especially with investors, because we want to offer great returns to our investors. Mm -hmm. So, but I, yeah. I would add to that, Kemba, that, you know, really, um, we have a detailed analysis that we do. We are definitely um, numbers uh, driven and not so much, you know, how beautiful or how pretty it looks, um, even though those things matter, because we never want to buy products that we feel we couldn't ourselves live in. Uh, so we definitely do a detailed analysis of the numbers um, from, you know, uh, all aspects so that we like Kemba said, we can look at, you know, will, will we be able to generate the rents that we want? The, you know, is this area going to be able to sustain that? Not just today, but not, you know, the next five years, even if not the next 25, right? So mm -hmm. I was just going to add, especially uh, just adding to what Andrea said is so it's with investors, we're so focused on numbers. As long as the numbers make sense, we don't care how beautiful the property is. Um, and obviously we also go to say the stinkier the property is they hire the potential with forced depreciation right that's right so we definitely because we're going in not, lower exactly, <laughs> we're offer. not very subjectively attached to that property right yes. because i think the numbers as as kimba said as well the numbers game is so intrinsic and really part in determining the success of a project yeah. And okay. uh, Kimba, I know you mentioned triplex. I think that was one of your first properties, yeah. which is amazing. And I think triplexes allow for cash flow as well with the way that they're set up and adding multiple units. So would you both be willing to share a recent project uh, with us today or maybe one project? or multiple projects, any recent project? Well, we have one right now on the go, um, Kemba, that we love. We just, we get so passionate about real estate, but we've got a client um, in about a 40, 40, 40 minute drive from downtown Toronto in Stouffville. And we've been building with him there a quad, actually. We started off thinking we could do a triplex and then we were like, the floor plan and the layout allows for a quad. So we'll get three full units with kitchens and baths and then one uh, bachelor studio style project. And that's on a 10 acre property out there. So we've been doing a number of things with that um, investment, Kemba-like. Um, 
you can add to that what else we i mean our goal is he was earning probably about a hundred thousand a year no maybe not a hundred maybe about seventy eighty thousand a year of income from the property and our goal when we work with clients to build income is to build greater income income that could sustain the not just this lifetime but generations to come and so for us our goal is to get him to about I would say around 350 to 500,000 of income a year from this property. And Kemba, maybe you can expand and give some more details because I'm sure that, you know, sort of piques your interest when you hear that, because I think from the quad alone, we'll easily be able to more than replace what he's been getting. Um, and so we're going to be doubling his income on that alone, but we have some other opportunities there. Yes, yes. And it's a large property. So, you know, we look at the overall to say what else can be done. And so we're helping him lease out the rest of it from a commercial standpoint, because it's not just, you know, the one building. Um, you, you can only do so much of this, the building and the rest of the property is going to be used differently. So we're, we're helping him generate some income there. And that overall just helps him make better use of the property. It will obviously also, if he chooses to sell it or his family chooses to sell it down the road, you know, that's a big part of the analysis. How much can this property make me, you know? And so people look at that and how much it's done over the years. And so um, that's one thing that we find good. Um, I guess this, the other project is that recent. I think too, we have to specify because part of what we look at is use when you're buying land or buying space and the land had already been zoned and um, allows for the commercial use, which is fantastic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, so just it's a to lot clarify harder there, longer to change the zoning and all that stuff yeah. of a property. So and just to clarify there, the zoning would allowed you didn't have to change anything. Is that what you're saying, Andrea? It just yes. allowed for the commercial use as well. Nice. He already had that in his um, purchase that he made. And he's actually owned the property for quite a few years before we started working with him. So yes, that was already in um, a nice feature built in that we didn't have to apply for anything with the city. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Nice. So when you're doing projects like this, where it sounds like there's some renovations, at least to the house, um, and in past projects, when you've done renovations on these properties, are you GCing the projects yourself? Or do you have another company that you work with? And I guess why or why not? Are you handling that yourself? Um so I, I think it's because we, we aren't general contractors. We don't do, um, we do help, you know, manage the project, make sure it stays on tracks, make sure it stays on budget, that sort of thing. Uh, but we work with the contractor to get the, the work done. Um, <clears throat> we have, like we said, we have three kids each. We have, I had a full-time job up till recently, you know, and we have a lot of different projects on the go. And so it, it, it helps us to work with the experts who can do focus on the project for the time, make sure it's, it's, it's done well. Um, yeah. So, and we have a so lot we're of, we're doing a lot of the consultation, um, for the project. So, I mean, I've done a lot of the creatives over the years on projects that I've done. So trying to find ways to use an existing space that can generate income. And so us going in, we could look at that property, that house and come up with now with an expert as well, because I'm definitely not um, inclined to do all the drawings and the layouts, but with the expert, we can come together and arrive at, this is how we can use the space to optimize income, because our goal is to, for the client to generate the most um, income possible. 
And so we're doing a lot of the consultation, um, finding the contractors, because we do have a large network, both here locally in the Toronto area, but across Canada, so that we can help our clients connect in the need that they need a contractor or a lawyer or an accountant, depending on what aspect of the project or the um, purchase, you know, in the event that it is a purchase, we can help them with those connections and experts that they need. Mm-hmm. So. So we have been overseeing it, but not from the general contract contracting perspective. Um, like Kemba said, just managing the general contractor and all the other moving parts of the project. That's awesome. Kemba, congratulations on finally leaving your full-time job yeah. and pursuing this full-time. An, <laughs> I know that's a scary transition, but that is that is a huge feat to achieve. So congratulations there. Um, and I know, uh, Andrew, you mentioned that your projects are across Canada, and I think network does become very important. So, And I think having the right people in place as well. So you're saying that you have a more of a passive, like you're not as involved in the GC side of the project, right? That's so right. do you have any tips on how you find the right contractors? Where are you finding your sub-trades? Yeah, so that's good. I think maybe, Kemba, you can respond too. But for us, it's through experience, right? With other experienced investors or experienced network, um, parts of our network, because we want to get someone that's good and solid. And we want them to be local to that area as, as well, so that we're working with trades that aren't traveling and charging us additionally. So we use a lot of um, referral um, business, a lot of experience. So, you know, we have a large network of in real estate investors that they too have done this. Some of them are primarily just doing burrs or flips or, you know, um, and so we make sure we keep connected with these individuals and, and reach out to them from the perspective of who did you use for this? You know, we need a property manager in this area or we need a general contractor in this area. And so we use those um, experienced uh, individuals that have given positive good results that, um, you know, we can actually see as well, right? Because oftentimes in the event that we can't be there to see it, we can at least look virtually now today, right? It's our new world. So we can get a, um, a snapshot of it even virtually to say whether um, we're satisfied or have someone on the ground there in Edmonton or here in London that can help um, attest to that experts, um, you know, the ability to follow through. And, and you know, uh, it's, Knowing that we have a network, it's never, um, you, you don't ever have to turn away quotes and getting comparisons because as much as you have a network who will say, yeah, this person did great work, you still want to compare like, you know, cost and and sort of get an understanding of what, what if your general contractor is great, but is he charging you double and where do you find the balance in that sort of thing? So um, we do look for quotes as well to make sure that we're, we're having some it's reasonable what we're paying for the job. Now so, you guys invest across Canada. So what areas in particular are you focusing on and what are you liking? Like what's attracting you to those areas in particular? It's a good question. So, I mean, uh, what, attracted me I know Kemba and I I believe you too because I think I brought Kemba out on one of my deals in Alberta and she was like oh and then we bought while we were there <laughs> but we liked Alberta and Edmonton area because of the price for sure but also the tenancy laws were so different than the tenancy laws in Ontario they're a little bit more equitable there right 
so that we felt like we weren't just, you know, um, passing, giving our property over to the tenants like we do in Ontario. There's just a little bit more of a balance there. And so we like that. Um, I mean, I think I, Kemba, we get paid every time on time, maybe even before the due date in Alberta because of the tenancy laws, right? And the incentive to pay on time compared to Ontario. Um, we also love uh, the entry points, right? You know, for a half mil there compared to a half mil here, you know, a condo here or a detached home with a lot of land and, you know, um, uh, a lot of square footage with two units, right? So mm -hmm. we're getting a little bit more for our money there as well. Mm -hmm. I mean, and, and you have to wait out, right? If you're looking for a lot of equity appreciation and so on, it's not necessarily the place to go, but at the same time, it's pretty stable, you know, and, and like Andrea said, tenancy laws are great. The people take care of, we haven't had any issues out there with any tenant. Um, um, I think in my whole time we've been out there, we've heard of one issue, not with us, but somebody who made a poor decision. And so in general, that area has a lot of strengths in terms of why to invest and so on. And even the short-term uh, rental has been working fantastic out there. Our short-term rental has actually given us, always given us a nice boost in our income. And it's like, I, I thought it was surprising initially because um, when you go to the areas that we're not right in Edmonton in any of the properties, we're just outside of Edmonton and we still stay really booked and busy. Mm -hmm, so it's true. Um, the other places we look at and have invested is Kingston, Ontario, um, London, Ontario. Those are the two places we've looked at other places very, you know, strongly. I think we've and other proper um, provinces as well. Mm -hmm. But those are the two areas we moved out of, of Toronto and the, the GT area to Cambridge, Kitchener, Waterloo. That's also another area. Um, so those are areas that we've we've gone to and find a very um, good and strong areas to invest for sure. Got it. And when you're talking about that, Kimber, are you also using a property management that's specific to these areas or do you have, yes, right? Because yes. like, you have to, because, and I think, could you maybe tell us, I know this is going a little bit, this is more of a follow-up question, but maybe tell us why for our listeners, why that is, why should they go with an, with the property management company for sometimes for us, sometimes from investment experience, we know why, but just for a beginner investor, tell us why you would go for a property management company of a certain type and why. So local property management, it's important. They know the area, they know the people, they know the ins and outs. They have their own local network of, you know, people to call when there's a, um, sewer backup or, uh, you know, so they have a strong network work in in that area that you can rely on and once you find a company that you can work with um, you definitely have to manage your property managers to say that you, you know you're keeping them on task you're monitoring your your money's coming in and out and stuff like that I mean it's not that anybody may be dishonest but it's just that you know mistakes can happen and you want to just take a look at those things but having people locally and and making sure that they are um they know what they're doing and you work well with them. That's important. You know, when the property manager Kemba also has allowed us to not have to travel to London, Ontario or to Alberta um, or BC or any of these places. So oh. we don't feel like we have to be there for uh, the property to run well and to um, the income to continue 
can you be generated? I'm a traveler. I I like traveling. So I've been to London several times. I don't mind it. I like to go and see and visit and make sure that I, you know, and and there are times when I need to do that. I've been out to Kingston several times. I don't mind that, um, but I don't have to do that. I don't have to go there when something's broken or something needs looking at. So it's, it's, it's a matter of um, there's a balance you can keep of whether how much you want to spend at physically at your property when it's not easily accessible. And when you have good relationships with local, your local property manager, it's, it's, it's very good that they can, they can be your eyes on the ground and your hands on the ground because properties take a lot of work, right? This opening them up in the summer, closing them off things, doing things for summer, seasonal things. There's just a lot of stuff to be done that, that, um, you need people to maintain the buildings. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think for if you're a new investor trying to get started and leaving the area, leaving what you know and is familiar with, um, property managers are like your peace of mind, you know, that your property is cared for. It even feels good and comfortable to the banks and the insurance companies that you've got eyes and ears, um, you know, there, right? They're going to feel more comfortable um, working with you. So I think that there's a number of good reasons to choose a property manager that's local to the area. Mm-hmm. Got it. Got it. And uh, Andrea and Kemba, when you, I know you work with investors. I know it's amazing. You guys actually have coaching and educational programs available through Keen. And I love Keen on you. I love that name. Uh, so tell us if there is, do you JV on a project or if there's a particular JV profile you go with, or let's say as a client investor? We love JVs. Um, we think that it's the best way for us. And, and even as investors who have been in it for a long time, you, you, you run out of money and it, you know, you also don't have every single skill set um, that you, you know, you need in real estate. And so your JV, your joint venture could be that balance that, you know, additional part that you don't have or strength as well as the capital. And so, um, Kemba, you know, I mean, in terms of a profile, we are long-term investors. Um, what else could you maybe add to it? To um, yeah, help I think it's it's looking for people, one that you can work with, um, that, you know, not saying you have to get along and, you know, everybody's friends, but you really have to be able to, people you can work with is, is an important thing. Um, and, and, and as Andrea was alluding to there, um, if your goals as an investor are short term and then you pair up with a long term investor, it's likely not going to match up because you want to do things quickly. You know, you want now for now and you have your strategies are different. So you want to make sure that if you're pairing up with people, the goals you have for the project and what you're pairing up to do kind of match up somewhat or very closely so that there's not conflict later when, well, I thought I was going to get paid out in this time frame, and I thought I was going to get paid out. You know, you want to make sure that um, everybody aligns with what the project goals are and what you're going to achieve out of it so that there's not confusion um, midway or real estate is not easy to pull out of like before the timelines. You you have to usually pay money if, if you're going to try to get out of things. Unless you've set it up for it to be short term, because if you're doing a flip and you know you're going to have it wrapped up in six to 12 months, it's possible. But then you can have a pandemic <laughs> and you have a curveball. Right. So we have to even in our JVs or our agreements, we have to allot for the unexpected. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And I think, uh, Kimba, you mentioned that you are trying to focus more on the birth strategy. And I think for the birth strategy, the buy and hold needs to be there. Right. So I think maybe 
you diversifying the daily profile, just add that maybe you are looking, when you say long-term investor, you're looking for someone who would also buy into the birth strategy. Am I right? Yeah, like uh, if if we can keep a property, that is what our preference would be um, to 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 buy it and flip it, or or we we think the value in property is usually to hold it. I I totally get the idea of flipping it because you need to build the capital over you know time, and and that totally makes sense. But generally, we do prefer to be able to keep it. Um, as much as possible. So at least for some period of time, maybe it's not the duration of 25 years, but maybe it's five to seven years, right? So depending on what the the market allows or whether it just makes sense. There are times yeah. where it makes sense to sell, right, Kemba? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It totally makes sense to sell. There, there are times when it's not necessarily that you've done a burn a property that has units or you know, you've done a property that will match that market and it's in a, in a, like a, maybe an upscale neighborhood and then you can get capital out of it. It, it short term sometimes just makes sense, but I think um, we, we usually look for stuff that we can keep and, and rent and have the long term. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what advice would you give to, uh, you know, Canadian women who are just starting they're, they're thinking about getting into real estate investing. What advice would you give them? So much. There's so many things I would say. <laughs> I mean, we're women. And I mean, I did, I chose real estate because I felt um, it would, it, it, it doesn't really discriminate. <laughs> I could be a, a woman in this industry. And so I feel that the reading, the mentorship and coaching that I've got from others who are experienced in um, the real estate investing uh, industry has really helped a lot. I, I I wouldn't be able to have made multiple purchases, built you know a ten plus million dollar portfolio without guidance, and so and without reading because I honestly. Some days are tough, right? And so having the right mindset and reading books and filling myself with the knowledge and even having the people like Kemba and others around that supports and helps me, you know, to push and persevere. I think that it's very important to align yourself with those individuals and the experts that, I mean, they're invaluable to my success and continued success. Yeah. Agreed. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like agreed no further comments <laughs> um no i mean you know andrea you said it and and if we um you never want to be around people who will be like well why do you do that if there's something that you need among because that does happen if it does happen you know you don't want somebody to be like well why did you do that why didn't you think of this why didn't you do that you want somebody who'll be like okay let's let's strategize what are we going to do we're problem solvers We like to bring solutions to the problems rather than, you know, sort of sit in our and and lick our wounds. We don't want to be sitting and licking our wounds and we don't want anyone else to, you know, make us feel worse about them because they happen and it's not always within our control. But some of the scenarios that we we bump into and that come our way. Yeah. So you investors, um, keep good networks, keep good friends um, around you. Educate yourself. And educate yourself, yes. Got it. And I think you should also check on Keen on You uh, if you are a beginner investor. 
I think you guys have awesome coaching and educational programs, so be sure to check that out. So, Andrew and Kimba, uh, my next question talks about the accomplishment you both are most proud of. I'm personally proud of, for instance, Andrea, you thinking about real estate at such a young age, and Kimba finally stepping out and doing this full time. I think that's an amazing accomplishment. But what are you both most proud of as a successful investor for your accomplishments? Mm. Good, good. Uh, I agree. You know, I feel so um, pleased with myself as an immigrant child to this country, you know, came here, my family um, came here with nothing. And, um, you know, even lacking in education, and I've been able to accomplish that post-secondary education. I'm, just, I'm like that. I mean, I didn't stay in teaching, but it's still who I am. Um, I'm, an, a, you know, I'm there always teaching and educating and helping people understand that they can pretty much do anything. And I'm proud of that, that, that accomplishment for myself, the education, as well as, you know, not just buying my first, but buying, you know, so many after the first, right? Because people did, like Kemba said, people will tell you that you can't do it. And that's not true. I did. And I, and I can, and I will continue. So I am sad. I'm very pleased with all that I've accomplished. Mm -hmm. And, and for me, I would say, you know, aside from my children and, you know, my family that I've been able to have, um, which, which makes me very happy from a real estate perspective, I think that I was very excited when I learned about multifamily investing and I know I bought a triplex, but I didn't really understand multifamily from a commercial sense. And I didn't really get that, but I went out, I did a course on it. I learned from people who had done it before and I was able to buy a commercial property. Um, I was, I was proud of being able to do that and I intend to do it more and more and more. So that was something, you know, that I was, I was happy with when I did it apartment building people are like that they're like you own an apartment building and we're like yeah done it <laughs> yeah so that was something yeah mm -hmm. so is there anything that you guys have read like a book that you've read or an audio book that you've listened to that you would recommend women need to go out they need to run and go and listen to it or read it so we have lots, um, so because we think books really help. You can help. give us a list. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, one I'll start with is Mindset. Carol Dweck has a really good book on Mindset. It really does help you. Um, I, I've read recently Limitless by Jim Quick, which is something where sometimes you feel like you have so much to do and you know you can't get enough information in your head fast enough and that's a book that helps you um you know do that we read we read the crew magazine as well you know staying yeah, current it's very specific happening. to canadian yeah it's canadian it helps you you know know what's happening in the market and have some ideas of things that you can do um uh, so some of my favorites are um, by David Bach. I have tons. It's the um, he he's written even one smart women finish rich um, the automatic millionaire. You know, there's just 
like I know that you said we could give a list. So Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki is like a no, very well known one that I mean, honestly, really, I was like real estate through um, Bill's wealth. Fantastic. That's what I'm going to do. And I, I didn't read that at 17 because I said to you, um, Zarbuff, I already had the desire to own at 17, but I read it shortly after university and I thought this is the way I'm going to do it. Uh, we have the millionaire mind that we've read. Um, you know, even Thomas Danley has some fantastic reads, rich, uh, sorry. Rich. Uh, yeah, sorry. Think and grow rich. Um, and the whole finish rich series by David Bach is fantastic. I just, I think that if we're women and we're educating ourselves, we can do it without going to school to do it. And that's what I love because I thought always I had to go to school to learn how to be successful and do something well. And I don't believe that's necessarily the truth today. So you can be single and do it. You could be married and do it. Um, you can be an immigrant and do it, right? Just read and fill your brain Anyone. with the knowledge of other experts. Anyone, you just have to be motivated. And and, and a lot of these books that we've named off, they are done. Um, these are experts that have done it. So they're not just speaking to how to do it because they've never done it. They've done it. Got it. Thank you for sharing that list. I love it. And I, we will have that available for our listeners. Um, before I ask, before I ask my, uh, the question that I have next, Andrea, for you, I love that you have built generational wealth. That's kind of what you've done. You, you started with something, the courage. I love that. I find that so inspiring. And especially for myself and our audience, women of color and people from a minority perspective, I find that so inspiring when I see like people from our community, like our women, they're so strong and they're making these impacts because I'm sure it wasn't easy for you. It took a lot of courage to do that. And now you've built generational wealth for your family. And maybe they don't even see the struggles and the hard work that's put in. I know you're smiling, but there's so much that goes. I know even Kimba, the way that you guys are describing, there's so much that goes. There's so much hard work, so much sweat equity. Uh, so I, I love you guys for doing, doing that. And I love the passion and energy that you're bringing. And also not only just continuing to do that, but now you've created your current course, Secret to, uh, Se Secrets to Success in Real Estate. You have an educational course, a current course that you've developed to help other people. So tell us a little bit more about that. I that it's our passion project. We are passionate about real estate, and so we felt so many people asked us over and over again, like, how did you build you know such a sizable portfolio? And you know, I'm just struggling getting my first right, and so that. That course came and stemmed from that desire that we saw others had and wanting to know and how I can learn. And so it really is designed around building and buying your very first, whether it be your first principal residence or your first rental property if you're already an owner. And we've seen, we've been doing it in a pilot project where we've been doing it live. We're building it to be a digital series in the, in the near future, but we've been doing it live and people are loving it and they are really finding the value that we want them to get out of it. Uh, we've actually had some action takers already, um, pre, you know, prior to um, building the course in its complete uh, Nest in that we've tried to show people that you can do it even without having capital of your own. And that's the course helps them. So some people are like, but I don't have the money. And we're showing them through government programs, through joint partnerships or you know joint ventures. You can do it. You don't 
always have to start with just your own capital. And so I don't know, Kemba, if you, if you want to add to that, but I, our, our course is to help people learn what they need to learn and then take action. Yes. I, I really enjoyed the conversations that come out of it where people are sharing and, you know, sort of talking about stuff that, you know, and when they have these really can you do that? Or, you know, when they're like, well, cause know, they we, have we, we have breakout rooms, right. And then all of a sudden we, they get to share and talk and, you know, ask yeah. and then and you can see the wheels turning. Yeah. And, and, and it's important that we have these conversations and, and, you know, even when it goes to the digital series, I think we're encouraging people to have, you know, come together to do it and have conversations about what you're learning because as you sort of have those conversations and you build those, those relationships where people start thinking alike, then that's when you get the real, you know, good stuff. And people are like, yeah, let's do a project together. Let's try, let's, you know, let's learn, let's, you know, get the right things we need to know and move forward. So if you don't talk about it, which we find in, in our community, sometimes we don't talk enough about how to build wealth and how do we work together to build wealth and how do we, you know, take the next steps and how do we help each other. And so that's an opportunity to, to, to learn and talk and, and, and make it happen. And is this course now live Canva? It's available. Uh, or yeah. do you have days set that people have to register for it? So it is, it is, um, we have some dates in July, August, and I don't think, do we have September dates yet, Andrea? Uh, yes, we do. Yeah, yeah. we have. September. And where are those available for people if they want to join those or sign up for those, where would they go? It's on Eventbrite that we're going to have the sign-up dates. Um, okay. And, they and on our website. So our website at www.keen, as in K-E-A-N, group.ca. So it will be available for you to register on those platforms, Eventbrite, and on our website. And of course, we'll, we're on all social media platforms. So even our Instagram, Keen on You, you'll be able to um, get links and the connections to get into that course and get your first, either your first principal or your first uh, rental. Okay. And our the last thing for you guys is, um, so I'm going to say, I'm not even going to ask who should reach out to you because I think all of our listeners should be reaching out to you guys. What is the best way for them to get in touch with you? Is it a phone number, an email? Instagram, give us all your contact information. Okay, so um, Kemba, our phone number is? 647-370-5326. And as I said, we have our website, which is gem-packed with lots of stuff, at, you know, sharing www.keen, K-E-A-N, group.ca. And we're on Instagram, keen on you. Um, and when you get to our website, you can see all our platforms because we are on Twitter, uh, we're on TikTok, we're doing the reels, we're giving, we're bringing it to you any which way that we can help you learn so that you can make it happen for you. Awesome. I'm actually just going on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> to, I'm just going to be following you guys immediately. So that is amazing. Uh, thank you so much, Andrea and Kamba, for your time today. There was a wealth of knowledge that you shared. I loved having you. I loved your energy and your passion for coaching and educating others. It was a pleasure having you both on our show. Thank you Thank very you so much, much for having us. We are always excited to share what we um, have already done and hope that we can um, get others motivated and inspired to do it for themselves. 
Mm -hmm. Yes, thank you so much for having us. And just a reminder to all of our viewers, if you are struggling with something in your investment or real estate business or have questions about real estate investing, make sure you send us a message so we can bring on an expert on one of the future videos and help you learn and grow together. And if you'd like to connect with us, you can do so at info at rwbpodcast.com or connect with us on our social media platforms. And everything mentioned today will be linked down below. So make sure you like and subscribe. Have an amazing day, everybody.